Hey friend, thank you so very much for listening today. I greatly appreciate the fact that you would take time out of your schedule and to spend it with us here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host, and I'm so very thankful for the privilege, the honor of hosting this radio program. You know, I've had people ask me before, and sincerely, not not with criticism, not with critique, not with cynicism, but they've asked, does God really take care of us? I, I wonder, I find it hard sometimes to see his goodness. I've mentioned on this program before, but I have a list in my phone, in my notes app, that has a listing of answers to prayer. It's not exhaustive, but over these last two or three years of being at the helm of Bible Tracks Incorporated, God has just blown down doors. He's just been so good to us. But I was reading not long ago of a story from some time ago, uh, let's see, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, a gentleman named Elmer Benedurs. He described a bombing run over the German city of Kassel in their B-17. This is back in World War II. I had the opportunity to spend some time in Germany as a young man. My father was in the military, and we were stationed there back in, let's see, the early 2000s, late 90s, somewhere around there. But Elmer describes this B-17 bombing run. They were over this German city of Kassel. Uh, B-17 was barraged by flak from Nazi anti-aircraft guns. That was not unusual, but on this particular occasion, the flak was incredibly thick. I've, I've read accounts uh, of those flyboys from back in the day and how they would describe the flak as so thick you could hop out of the plane and walk across the sky on those clouds, those bomb bursts. But this particular occasion, their gas tanks were hit. And later, as Elmer reflected on the miracle of a 20-millimeter shell, think about that. You realize how thick a 20-millimeter shell is? Piercing those fuel tanks without touching off an explosion. Their pilot, his name was Bon Fox, uh, John with a B, Bon Fox. He told me, told Elmer, it was not quite that simple. He, he did a little research after they made it back. Of course, they did make it back to tell the tale. On the morning following the raid, Bon had gone down to ask the crew chief for that shell as a souvenir of un believable luck. You realize they should have been dead. They should have blown to smithereens and scattered out of the sky as dead men. But the crew chief told Bond that not just one shell, but 11 had been found in the gas tanks. Think about that. 11 unexploded shells were where only one would have been sufficient to blast us out of the sky. It was as if the sea had been parted for us. And even after years and years, Elmer reflecting on that, so awesome of an event leaves him shaking, Elmer says, especially after he heard the rest of the story from Bond, the pilot. He was told, Bond was, that the shells had been sent to the armorers to be diffused. They didn't want just live ordnance rolling around, even though they may not have blown up when they hit the plane and the gas tanks. Who knows what could set them off, falling on the floor? Who knows? The armorers told him that intelligence had picked them up. 
those you know shady figures that uh, military intelligence and all those things they couldn't say why at the time but bond eventually sought out the answer and a loose-lipped armorer uh, told him apparently when the armorers opened each of those shells they found no explosive charge whatsoever they were as clean as a whistle and just as harmless empty uh, not all of them one contained a carefully rolled piece of paper on it was just a scrawl in czech the language spoken in czechoslovakia the intelligence people scoured the base for a man who could read it read that language of czech eventually they found one to decipher the note it made everyone marvel translated the note inside that shell where the explosive charge was supposed to be it read this this is all we can do for you now. You say, what does that mean? Well, what it means is probably, very likely, there were some forced laborers, people that had been essentially taken slave to the Nazi regime and made to put those munitions, those shells together, those 20 millimeter shells, and they sabotaged that assembly line. And instead of making them as they were supposed to, they produce those shells without explosive charges in them. They said, this is all we can do for you now. What a marvelous story. What an amazing account of the goodness of God to these men, saving their lives, literally. But it makes me think, we've been talking about our inheritance, what God has left for us we talked yesterday of the fact that he's left us an amazing gift. He's left us the comfort of the Holy Spirit of God, often pushed aside and just referred to as the third part of the Trinity. But realize, of course, the Holy Spirit is just as much God as God the Father is. And as God the Son, Jesus Christ is, and he indwells us. I'm so very thankful for the Holy Spirit. But today, I get to tell you about another part of our inheritance. You see, friend... We have, as our inheritance from the death, the burial, and specifically the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have a calling. Not just a comforter, but we have a calling. We have a work to do. Oftentimes, I think Christians get a little perturbed. They get a little bothered, a little scared, because they think if we follow the calling of God, we're going to have to do something absolutely out of the ordinary, something incredible, something beyond our power but just like that story of the Czechoslovakian laborers who were made to put those shells together that were going to bring down American airplanes, they said, this is all we can do. Can I encourage you as we talk about our calling to stop thinking about the fact that God might call you to be a missionary to Africa and all these things? Could he? Oh, sure. But what I'd like to encourage you to do today is just do what you can do and what you should do today. What are you talking about? Well, let's begin in Mark 16, 15. We have a work to do. Mark 16, 15 tells us this, And he said unto them, This is Jesus Christ, almost immediately preceding his ascension to heaven, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. May I point out to you that the family business, if you will, of Christianity, of being a little Christ, that's what Christian means, a little Christ, to being part of the family of God. The family business hasn't changed. The business model hasn't changed. We have a promised calling. I want you to think about this. 
Acts 1, verse 7 through 8, he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his power, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Our calling is a promised calling. We're, what, what, what's this power for? What, why do we receive power, if you will? Was it to feed the hungry? No, but that's a good thing. To heal the sick? No, but that's also a good thing. It was to evangelize the world. Can I also tell you, we also have a personal calling. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but, Paul said, be thou partaker of of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. This is also a present calling. It's for right now. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. You know, friend, Yes, we have a comforter. I'm so very glad we have a comforter, but the power that we've been given, the prosperity that we've been given, the possibilities that we've been giving, they lead us to the fact that we also have not just a comforter, but we have a calling as well. My question today, if we can slide into application just a little bit, what are we doing with our calling, with our commission, with our command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? Do you, my friend, use gospel tracts? You say, oh, Micah, you've got to turn everything back around to gospel tracts, to Bible tracts. Well, with a name like Bible Tract Echoes, it's probably a good thing if the host of Bible Tracts Incorporated talks about gospel tracts every once in a while. But if I can put the sarcasm aside for just a second, in all sincerity, what easier way to get the gospel out? It's a low-impact way. It's a low-cost way. I, I can't imagine much of a lower cost considering we give our gospel tracts away. We ship them to you for free. Can I encourage you, friend, to use gospel tracts? They don't even have to be from our ministry. There's plenty of other good ministries out there that supply gospel tracts. Some of them do it for free as well. I'm friends with most of them. I don't... How should I say this? I don't care that you use our gospel tracks. I just want you to start using gospel tracks. If you want to use ours, great. We'd love to supply you. But can I encourage you, friend? Let's stop making excuses. There are so many reasons that we give for why we don't do that which we should do, that which we can do, that's what, that which we could do. Think about those armor, the, the, those people making those munitions. Probably poorly fed. Probably. Uh, treated badly by the Nazis. But those Czech folks, out of the kindness, the compassion of their heart, I would imagine that it probably would have resulted in the death penalty. And who knows if it did, if the Germans had found out that they were not making those shells with explosive charges. But they did what they could. What did they say? What was that quote? This is all we can do for you now. 
they did to the utmost what they could do. Boggles my mind to think of these people in the hardest of circumstances, surreptitiously, subtly, removing those explosive charges or just never putting them in. Where did they put those explosive charges? How did they hide them? They, did they stuff them in their pockets and dispose of them elsewhere? How did inventory not catch the fact that there were X number of explosive shells made, but only this number of, uh, of explosive charges used? You say, oh, why are you thinking so deeply about it? I'm thinking about people that would put their lives on the line because this is all we can do for you now. They wanted to save some lives. Can I encourage you to save a soul? You can't do it out of your own power. But Jesus Christ can, and his sacrifice will. Let me encourage you. Share the gospel. Use gospel tracts. We'll continue this discussion tomorrow. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracts, you can contact us by calling 309 309- 828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.